0: Next and last stop is Atlantic Avenue, Barclays Center.
1: Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Run, 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 run. Boomer and Geo on the fan. A
2: lot of Nets podcasts. I mean, Oof. the only Net fans you know. The only what the only Nets fans you know,
1: at least they've got some
2: self I mean, come on, what man! Or is... are these guys?
0: Welcome back to the Only Nets Fans You Know podcast. I'm Peter. As always, I'm joined by my best friend and Nets confidant, who's back from his honeymoon. Finally, Charlie. Pete, what is up? How's it
2: going? I'm ready to talk Nets basketball after a long hiatus. I'm still depressed about the Nets.
0: I don't know about you, but let's do it. You actually had the luck of the Nets getting eliminated on your wedding day. How was that? How was that like?
2: Um, not great. Not great. Uh, I kind of predicted it before the series. I said when that game uh that game date, game four was posted, I'm like, well, nets are getting swept and my wedding day is gonna be the day they going to get swept, so go figure. And you know what? I was right. I should have put money on it. But I didn't. I could certainly use it though.
0: It is what it is. We're here. What's the working title? The working title is The Harsh Reality. State of the Nets. The offseason. As we know, the Nets got eliminated in four games. We're going to be having the draft coming up next month. The Nets are picking at 21, Phoenix's pick, 22 and 51. The Nets currently have an 18.1 traded player exception in their arsenal as well. There was a lot said and not said during the end of the season press conference with Sean Marks and Jock Vaughn. Sean Marks said,
1: You know, we have a young group here that is wanting to compete, so um, we're going to be going after it every year. There's no sense that we would not, not with this group. Uh, That's not the mindset that I think we're taking on here. So how how does the draft capital help us? And, you know, whether we draft them um, or whether these uh, picks are used in trades down the line, but... As you know, several of the picks are four, five, six years out. So they're, they're quite a ways out from, from now. So um, the good news with that is that gives us flexibility in how we build. Without a doubt, we need to make some changes, like in terms of adding some size. I think JV said it last night, add a little nastiness. Is that what it was? Yeah. All right. So yeah, so we add a little bit of, a bit of that, right? Add a little bit of the Brooklyn grit that we've talked about for sort of six years. Um, it's got to come authentically. It's got to be real. I mean, I think we've seen it before, not just here, but around the league. You bring somebody in and it's its not authentic to who they are. Um, but we want to make sure people that want to come here want to be part of something special and be part of Brooklyn and, and part of this unique situation.
2: So
0: what do you think about all that?
2: Yeah, man, definitely so much to take in here. So I, I feel like I'm going to pull my hair out, first of all, because how long have we been saying the Nets needed a big? I don't want to go there right now because I feel like we have this conversation every year. It's just like preaching to the choir. Like they're just telling me everything I know. And, um, dude, I, I'm done. I feel like I'm fucking done. Bigger, nasty. It's just all, to me, it's just all words until they can put up and feel the, a team that we're proud of, man. I feel like. It's been such a fucking struggle the last couple of years with everything that's going on. Everything's a struggle. We can never have anything perfect. It's not management, it's the players. It's the, Not the players, it's the management. It's not the management, it's the owner. It's always something. It's always fucking something with this team. And until we get back to, the, I guess, that quote-unquote spirit the 2019 Nets had and the bubble Nets, whatever... I feel like we're we're a long way away from there. We got the draft picks. I feel like we have the right general manager. I don't know if we have the right coach yet. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, man, we have we have a lot of lot of question marks.
0: Was the drama worth the winning? What winning? We won one first round playoff series. I guess yeah, that's that, that's a very good point. We did get swept the last two years, but uh, I definitely feel like there was a lot more to these KD and Kyrie teams. I think the drama was worth it, even though it made me want to have a heart attack every year and it made me pull my hair out. But uh, it just felt like a disaster at times, the, the, the end of the season, man. Um, I, I don't know. That's a it's a tough question to answer. The second half was
2: all coaching and players. You know what I mean? I feel like the second half of the season Basically turned out to be Jock Vaughn experimenting with lineups and doing whatever he thought was best for the team, try to win games. The team basically trusted Spencer and Dinwiddie to lead the team and be a point guard. Mikhail Bridges was their primary scorer. We knew that. This was his team going forward. But the team put faith in Dinwiddie. I feel like Dinwiddie let them down a lot of times. The Nets had so many games this year where they squandered late leads where they, they probably could have easily won, I'd say, about three to five more games this year. About leads, they squander. Maybe more. Maybe I'm undercutting that. I don't know. Same thing in the playoffs. So I I don't know, man. It's just this team's got to grow up. This team's got to grow up, and they need a superstar. As we know, this is a superstar league. I see Mikael Bridges getting there eventually, maybe. But I I don't see anyone else on this team
0: really, you know, shining in the next couple of years. The top five cap hits on the team, very interesting. Number one, at 37.8 million. 18.88% 18.88% of the cap. Almost 20% of the Nets' cap goes to Ben Simmons. Gross. Bridges comes in at second at a very, very good 21.1 million. That's 10.8% of the cap. Very low for what you would consider like the face of the franchise. Nets have a steal with this guy going into the future. The third contract surprised you. Spencer Dinwiddie at 20.3 million. It is 10.1% of the cap, but it's very important that we do note this is the last year of his deal. He will be a free agent after next year. So there could be some value for him. You don't know if a team wants to pick up his expiring contract. I prefer him to be on the nets, but very interesting options with him and Harris, 19.9 million, 9.93% of the cap. That's pretty much if you add their, their stuff together, that's almost 20% of the cap is going to be off your books come next year. Dorian Finney-Smith, $13.9 million, 6.9% of the cap. Very good contract. The Nets have a couple key free agents, one especially in Cam Johnson, who we're going to break down in a minute. In addition to him, you have Seth Curry and Yuta. Would you bring back any of these two guys? No and no. The only reason
2: why I would probably only bring you to Watanabe back just because he's a stretch big. But then again, he can't create his own shots. He's a pretty much catch and shoot three shooter and his defense is 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 a slightly above average at best. Seth Curry can hit a three, can get hot a few games, but is a defensive liability. And um, yeah, I don't think I uh, I don't think he's productive for us, honestly. I mean He got forced into a lot of situations. But someone who averaged nine points for us this year, I don't know if it's worth it to bring that guy back. Um, Again, shot 40% from three. That's pretty on par for the course with him. But, again, doesn't really bring much else to us other than catching a a, a three-point shooter off the bench. But I don't know if he'll take that role going forward. But Yuta, again, you'll see. Pete, he, uh, the thing is, like, his pre-All-Star break numbers were really good. He shot 52% and um, 3%, 3, 48% from the three. So, uh, man, you could see flashes of these guys being good. But I don't – like, you know, you need full consistency, especially with a team that really
0: doesn't have a lot of room for mistakes. Absolutely. It's amazing. Remember he was, like, leading the NBA in three-point shooting. KD was praising him. He was playing great defense. Then after the All-Star break, played only 15 games. The 29% from three is very shocking. Very big drop. We said that KD was going to affect, or the lack of KD, was going to affect his shooting, and it definitely did. Uh, I would like to bring him back next year if possible, but I have a feeling he's going to go to a a better team. A team might be able like to pay him more. It'll be very interesting going forward. Big question the Nets have to deal with in this offseason. Probably the biggest is if you're going to give the big contract extension to Cam Johnson, play 25 games with the Nets, put up 16 points, 46 from the field, 37% from three. Uh, last year he turned down a four year, $72 million extension from Phoenix. His price tag is now around four years, 90 million. Some guys have been saying it's almost going to be 20 million a year. Mark Stein said the Nets are determined to match any incoming offers for Johnson. Johnson is a restricted free agent. The Rockets have $59 million in cap space. And uh, according to Stein, it looks like they may be going after Cam Johnson.
2: Hey, man, I I really think the Nets got to do whatever it takes to sign this guy. Uh, Having a guy like Cam Johnson, a young player that can shoot, and can, you can really develop a little more and can kind of grow chemistry going forward with Bridges even more. With Phoenix, he was, I think, 15, 47, and 40. So not that far off. And that was in 42 games and played 25 games in the Nets. So, I mean, looking at his stats, he's you're looking a progressive, I would say, 15 to 20-point scorer a year. Accompany that with another 25, 30-point score in Bridges. And you got yourself a little team. So... Just need to accompany that maybe with a 20-point, 20, a 20 maybe big man, Claxon. we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think in the playoffs he kind of really showed his worth. Devastating in game two against Philadelphia, putting up 28 points, 11-19 from the field, 5-11 from three. In the first three games he was shooting like 57% from the field and I think close to 50% from three. Game four, not great. He had he put up a horrible game as did everyone else overall in four games in the playoffs he put up a line of 18 points 50 percent from the field 42 percent from three and uh amazing to me he put up 5.8 rebounds almost two rebounds more than he averaged in the regular season he really showed that uh he could be a number in my mind he could be a number two you gotta love that potential right yeah man he definitely shows a lot of heart and hustle for sure he definitely doesn't dog it Is twenty million per year too much, and do the Nets have to match?
2: I don't know. Is he worth it? He's definitely comparing it to some other contracts on Nets. I think more so than Dinwiddie and Harris for sure. But man, I don't know. It's a tough question. It's a
0: tough. I like him a lot. I think they got to get him. I think they got to resign him. Do you trade KD to get this guy and then just let him walk? And does the rebound? The you know he only averages about four rebounds a game. Does that scare you? I mean no, he's a a small forward, power forward. Yeah, that's not a lot of rebounds for a power forward. Small forward, which I think that's his position, and would fit a lot better at that position. But you can't have your power forward only getting four rebounds a game.
2: He hustles, he gets to long rebounds. That's what he does. He's not a under he's not a brawler. He's a good track he tracks down the boards better than he goes underneath and grabs them. If Claxon's got a guard uh, a stretch big, you know, the nets are pretty barren underneath. That's that you saw a lot of weakness down there. And part of that was I guess Cam Johnson not being big enough at his position. Same thing with Bridges.
0: Yeah, I think Cam Johnson is a lot better of a defender on the perimeter. I think we can obviously see that. I don't love the matchup against bigger bigs against him, especially if he's gonna be the power forward. But I'm gonna wrap this up. Final question for Cam Johnson: Do you do twenty-five million four years? That's hundred million over four years. Big chunk of your cap, big commitment for a guy who's only been with the team for twenty-five games.
2: Great, great question, man. Twenty-five million is a little steep. I mean, can you compare it to any? Who else? I mean, can you compare it to anyone else in the NBA right now, where you can compare where that contract's worth it? Like DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan.
0: If Cam Johnson is gonna be a guy who's gonna put up 15 points per game and shoot 38% from three, 25 million might be a little pricey, but his age and the potential really makes this a tough decision. I think you have to match it because you just can't let a young, good player get away that you just got for KD. That's ridiculous.
2: Now, I have a question for you, Pete. What is Cam Johnson's ceiling? Oh, is, is his
0: ceiling worth $25 million a year? I think so. I think his ceiling is what we saw in the playoffs. I would be more than happy with 18 points, 50% from the field, and 42% from three. I think that would be uh, that would be a nice little contract right there. You figure the cap is going to go up in the next coming years. I'm not 100% caught up with the new cap yet, but uh, listen – there's going to be a lot of deals that we're going to be looking at that look crazy and this could be one of them if you do give him the 100 million but I would be willing to bet on this guy. I like the defense, I like the the shooting, I like the position at small forward. I love that he's, you know, close with Bridges. I just think you add all that stuff together plus like I said, are you really going to get this guy for KD and then just let him go after 25 games, 30 games? No, you can't. Well, well said, Pete. I think we'll. Cu- I think we'll. I think we'll leave it at that. And I think we both agree. I think we should resign him. I Think it's the right move. The Nets had a big coaching shakeup. They let go of three assistant coaches, couple guys that were here a couple years. Uh, you had Igor Kotokoskov. I'm probably fucking up his name. I'm sorry. He Definitely. ran the Nets offense last year. Uh, Luka Dante's favorite. They kind of like, uh, the rumors were kind of spurred around him joining Igor. As we saw, not a great fit after Katie left. This guy's a long-term coach. He'll get another deal somewhere else, probably in a couple weeks. I would, I'd be shocked if he didn't. He's an offensive guru. Brian Keefe, another San Antonio guy. He won a ring in 07 as a video coordinator, and he's been an assistant coach for a couple of teams, OKC, the Lakers, the Knicks. He joined the Nets in 2021. The biggest shock, I don't know if, if you felt about this, Tiago Splitter, one of Mark's first hires, he's been with the Nets since 2018, cut, let go. I thought this would be the last guy that you would see getting fired and canned. Now the Nets have four assistant coaching spots open, the fourth one being when Jacques Vaughn took over as head coach. They did not replace his spot. So there's going to be a totally new staff next year. What do you think about it?
2: Personally, i uh, I think it's a good. Sh- I think it's good to have a, a shake up every now and then. It's nice to let like it's nice to just get different faces out of the building every now and then. You know, sometimes everything gets repetitive. Words get repetitive. Voices get repetitive, and that and I think that's what it is. Just get some different faces. You know, I think Jock Vaughn kind of didn't really have a say in his staff. I'm sure he got along with everyone. That was mostly Nash and Marx's decision, but. Now that Jock Vaughn is kind of at the helm, and he's going to be at the helm, maybe Vaughn wants to get some of his own people, which I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, This is from Mark Stein. He reported that after cleaning house, they wanted to get Jock Vaughn's former top assistant, which is James Borrego. Obviously, most recently, Borrego was the head coach of the Hornets from 2018 to 2022. As a head coach, his record was 148-183. He never made the playoffs and never once finished over. Oh, only finished over once. I'm sorry. I see that finished once over 500, um, and um, as opposed to you know Brooklyn, there's other teams interested: in New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, and uh, there's apparently Nets Daily had conflicting reports about all this. So who the fuck knows? This is also rumors and gives us some stuff to talk about. What's your thoughts on Boriego P. You think he would be a good addition?
0: Yeah, you never know with these guys. I think it's more of a fit and who the head coach is comfortable with. I definitely think that there's smoke to this, and when there's smoke, there's fire. I'm guessing if this guy's your top assistant at one point, you have to be close with the guy, right? That has to be, like, your your guy. He might be more interested in, in other teams. We don't know. But uh, I definitely think it'd be weird if the Nets didn't at least take a look at this. It's always good when you get a head coach to join your staff, at least in my opinion.
2: Well, you said, you said the best before, Pete. When there's smoke, there's fire. What am I talking about? During one of the Nets playoff games, Damian Lillard was seen sitting courtside at a Nets game. Then, you know, the Nets are looking for coaches. You know, they sh- maybe hire some people Dame likes. You know, sweeten the pot. What do you What do you do, Pete? You know, some. You know, a trade comes up. The you give the Trailblazers a call. All of a sudden, Dame's available. Do you go after this guy? Let's
0: talk about. it. Let's get into it. I think first you have to ask: Do you want the Nets to go star hunting again?
2: No, I I think that I think the deal is going to be crazy. I think we're
0: going to have to give up a shit ton of draft picks, and I feel like a guy like Claxton might go. Forget forget about players right now. Do you want the Nets to go star hunting? Not for Damian Lillard. Not for his contract and how old he is. No, I
2: why don't, not? Even, even though I, I like Dame a lot. Good player. He's very offensive minded. He never really. I, what is the furthest he took the Trailblazers to? In Eastern Conference Finals?
0: Eastern. Not even. West. I'm sorry. Western. Western Conference Finals. I think he's taking them to the Western Conference Finals, but they lost, uh, they, they lost to the Warriors. I think right. I'm not sure. I got. I got to look that up. But this is his contract coming up. Age 33 next season. 45.6 mil at 34 years old 48.7 at 35 58.5 and at 36 he's going to be making 63.3 million dollars obviously he's going to be your main guy he's going to be the face of the franchise he's had a couple injuries the last couple years knee, injuries. knee injuries last year last year he put up 32 points 46% from the field, 37% from three, average seven assists. And the guy's a he's a killer. He's an all-star. I i, I don't know what else to say. And he's this is the guy who the Nets need 100%. I just don't know if the contract and the age matches up correctly.
2: Bro, Pete, that contract is insane. That's a lot of shekels, man. That's a lot of – you talk about, you know, fucking – you know, Bridges take and and Joe Harris taking up like less than twenty percent of the cap. This guy's going to be taking like seventy percent of the cap with that contract at you know in like four years. I, what do you think? Okay, okay, it's not going to be seventy, but it's going to be a lot. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's an exaggeration, man. But it's 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 a lot. It's dude, we're not going to be able to build a team around there. You see what we see what's going on in Portland? You we couldn't. We had a hard time building around the KD and uh, Ben Simmons and Kyrie contract. You think we're going to be able to build around the hat? No, absolutely not. We got two guys in bridges and Cam Johnson. We could build around those guys. We need a big man. You know, guys like John Collins keep getting thrown around. He's still young. You know, who the fuck knows? Who knows? We got to get
0: someone. I I, I think star hunting is not the way to go. I can respect that. Uh, I, man, I want to say go get the guy but I just feel like I'm going to get burned with like some injury or something. I could just, the Nets have the worst luck and I could just see that happening, but I could also see this guy being a productive player till age 35, 36. I could see him putting up great numbers and leading this team the next two years. I do think that we could have beaten Philadelphia if we had a Dame Lillard on the team. I really do. I know it sounds crazy because we got swept, but uh, I'm a big believer in the guy. This is Grant Hughes from Bleach Report throughout this mock trade. I want to see what you think. Dame is coming over. We send out Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Dinwiddie, the Suns 25 pick, the 76ers 27 pick, Suns 28, Mavs 29. Would you do that deal?
2: No, only because I think Nick Claxton is a part of this future. And it's hard. It's hard to get rid of a guy like that. You know, you need a big. We're, we don't have bigs. What are we going to do? And then we have a fucking contract, a fucking $48 million contract. Yeah, granted, we're shedding Dinwiddie's contract and Royce O'Neill's contract. So, like you said, what if he gets hurt? And then now we're out. A con- now we got to pay a contract on the salary and draft picks. And we're out draft picks. Then what? Then we're in the same position we are, basically, you know,
0: after the Pierce-Garnett trade. Only a little more draft picks. Would you trade Dame and and uh, uh, Nurkic coming back? Yes. For that same deal. Yes. I, I still have to figure out a way to keep Klagen. Would you give? Okay, let's let's trade. Let's uh, mix this up a little bit. Nurkic, Lillard, and in return, we got I, I got to find out another contract to send out. Maybe you look at uh, a Dorian Finney Smith, who's on a cheaper contract. The Nets do have the traded player exception. That they could use to take Nurkic in, by the way. So we have to keep that in mind. I don't have the trade uh trade machine in front of me, but I've been playing around a little bit. I think a deal similar to that may work.
2: Dorian you could easily find a guy that could be as productive as Dorian Finney Smith for 13 and a half million or less.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know.
2: There's guys who are paid more that produce less,
0: that's for sure. We'll see. The damn thing is not gonna end anytime soon. And uh, we'll have to see what's going to happen with the Nets draft picks this year. I think they wind up using at least one of them in a trade. But we'll have to see. Let's go to the wrap-up. Ben Simmons talk, as always. Is he coming back? Oh, yeah. Is he not coming back? There were rumors he was going to join the uh, Australian team. Roster comes out. He's not there. All the PR, all the media that we've heard is that he's doing great mentally. He's feeling great, blah, blah, blah. He'll be ready. Is it all just bullshit? Is it just PR, or do you believe it? And do you think him not being on the World Cup roster uh, is like a sign of something negative going on behind the scenes? I don't
2: think it's a sign of something negative, but I think it's a bunch of bullshit that he's doing better mentally. I I think it's just all smoke and
0: mirrors, personally. Not a great sign. Not a great sign that he wasn't on the World Cup team, though.
2: All right, Pete. Question for you, though. I don't want to talk about Ben Simmons anymore. Question. Out of all the teams remaining in the playoffs right now, there's a few former Nets playing. Which one of them do you want to see win a ring most? I'll go over the list and you tell me which one you think you like the most to win. All right? Easy enough? Okay. So you got d with the Lakers. I start off with that because I feel like that's who you're going to want to win most. I already know. Maybe. Then you got Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan on Denver. You have KD, TJ Warren, and Landry Shamet on Phoenix. You have he almost might be named James Harden on Philadelphia, which I I don't think you're gonna pick. Just a suspicion on that. And then you got our old pal Blake Griffin.
0: Which one? Which one are you going with? Uh, I hate the Lakers, but I love D'Lo. He wished me a happy birthday one time. So I guess I'll have to go with him, even though I hate saying that you're right. Uh, I would like to see Bruce Brown win one. I really would. I would like to see KD win, but not this year. Just, bro, like, like, come on. Like, just not this year. Next year, you guys come back, and if you win, you guys win. But I can't see, you know, KD or Kyrie winning a championship this year. Kyrie won't be winning. We already know that. He's out of the playoffs. Seeing KD, I would be happy for him in a way. But it would just crush my soul as a Nets fan. Obviously, James Harden would be the last person I want to see win. I'm I don't like the Celtics. I hate the Celtics. But I'm praying to God they knock out Philadelphia. I I don't want to see James Harden win another game for the rest of his career.
2: You know, uh, there's still there's still a part of me that really, 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 really wants to see D'Lo win, but. I also – that means LeBron winning, and I, I really can't stand to see LeBron win. Ugh, man, I, I think I got to go with the Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan trio in Denver. I really kind of – I think that – I'm,
0: I'm kind of rooting for Denver to, to win it all. I really want to see Denver take the whole thing. Blake, I'd love to see win, just not with, with the Celtics. No. Yeah, I don't – Boston, Philly? No, thanks.
2: I don't really like KD that much anymore, even though I don't hate him. But I don't want to see him win this year. I agree. And, yeah, no, D- LeBron, absolutely not. What
0: about Shamit?
2: Yeah, I like Shamit, but not enough to see KD win. And I, I kind of don't like TJ Warren either. Any closing thoughts? I, I don't know, man. I, I really hope Denver wins because I can't stand the rest of the teams in the goddamn playoffs. That's all. I, just hope, I hope Denver wins.
0: But knowing 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 my luck and what I want doesn't matter. All right, guys, follow us on the YouTubes, follow us on the Twitters. You could find us at at net fans, you know, have a great commute, have a great lunch, have a great dinner, whatever you guys are doing when you're listening to this, be safe, be well. And uh, we're out.
2: You know, I just got married and now the harsh reality is I got to deal with my life. So great. And my wife and the other harsh reality is the Nets.